Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Predetermined, a pro wrestling hangout. I'm your host, Garrett Callender, and with me, as always, a man who never spills his beans, Derek Halpin. When you spill the beans, isn't that usually giving up a secret or or uh, hidden information, I guess, is, which is a secret? Yeah, you don't spill your beans. Yeah, no, I'm pretty good at keeping secrets, Garrett, that's true, but I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of weeks we start this show, and do you remember Matt Hardy V1 during the Ruthless Aggression era? No. Yeah. You know I you wasn't were, there for most of the Ruthless no. Aggression era. You should look up some Matt Hardy V1 entrance clips on YouTube, because Matt would come out with the old Windows Media Player effect on his entrance, where he had like a Windows Media Player box around the camera, and it had that glitchy internet effect. And then over in the corner, they always had Matt facts. And they always had really stupid, like, quips about interesting tidbits about Matt Hardy. And it seems like Derek never spills the beans. Seems like a type of, of, of Derek fact that you throw in at the beginning of the show. This was actually more of a reference to the lighthouse. Oh, I didn't catch that one. Yeah, that he, he clearly sa- he says in it, "I told you not to spill your beans." <laughs> well, he said a lot of shit in that movie. Well, he said I mean, that that was some, there was some quality acting. If you haven't seen the Lighthouse, Willem Dafoe is on point <laughs> throughout that film. But I, I I'm not sure what I saw when I saw it because there was a lot of fucked up things that happened, and by the time the movie was over. I'm not sure what I was supposed to take away from it, other than it being an art house movie. <laughs> I, I don't want to spoil anything for anyone, and I also don't know what there is to spoil. I know last week I said I'm probably going to talk about The Lighthouse. I just want to say my favorite thing is my review of this movie is the same as a negative review, but mine ends in an exclamation point and theirs ends in a period. Uh, the difference... <laughs> <laughs> the difference is I was reading some one star reviews and it said one star. This is a movie about two people going crazy in a lighthouse. And my review would be five stars. It's about, it's about two people going crazy in a lighthouse. That's that's exactly what I took out of it. And I'm just I was disappointed because I'm pretty sure I saw like an octopus tentacle or a tentacle monster of some sort. And I never actually got to see it. So I guess that is a little bit of a spoiler alert. That's a huge spoiler. That. But uh, it also... <laughs> <laughs> I kept waiting for it. Uh, I mean, if you want to see a mermaid vagina, The Lighthouse is, is a film for you. Here it is. Derek is just spoiling art house films at the top of this show. Is that really a spoiler? Like, Is that any more of a spoiler than a, a trailer? This you is know, the predetermined cut of The Lighthouse trailer. <laughs> They didn't show the the mermaid vagina in the trailer for a reason, because it's a big reveal. <laughs> it was a big reveal. Like, I remember when I was watching that scene where it happens, I remember, like, while they were doing the slow reveal, being like, are they going to do it? No way. No way. Did it look like oh. what you would have expected? Did it look like what I would have expected? Yeah. It looked a little clamshelly. Okay, so you can go back, you can do a remake of The Lighthouse with two pro wrestlers. Who are you casting? (laughs) Oh my god. Uh, Okay. Um, uh, Dutch Mantel. (laughs) (laughs) 
and who's somebody really pretty? Uh, Tyler Breeze. That would be fantastic. See, I'm going to go... Because the thing is, it doesn't matter if they're pretty. Like, you know, Rob Pattinson's a pretty man, but they, you know, he's pretty gross in that. He has, he gets turds on him. He's farting all the time. Um, I think that's I would, Willem Dafoe that's farting. Let's be clear. That is, yeah, he's not a And farter. why is that okay to spoil what the, the mermaid vagina is too much? It is an art house movie with a fair amount of farts. Uh, <laughs> I want that to be one of the quotes that they throw up during the trailer that you see on t- on TV <laughs> with like four stars under it. See, I'm going Nick Gage and Necro Butcher. That's what you want for your lighthouse film. I and think who's, it was... <laughs> who's playing the young pretty man in that? Nick Gage. Really? Necro Butcher is going to be the uh, uh, the old uh, old lighthouse keeper. We're five as, minutes into this shit. What are we doing, man? Are we going to talk about wrestling? We are talking about wrestling. We're That's casting true. some of our favorite wrestlers in movies, which means that if we follow along this track, that means that you want Nick Gage to be the Batman. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. He is. He basically is my Batman right now. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Gage would be a very brutal Batman. Like, Frank Miller would get a hard-on seeing Nick Gage dispense justice. You thought people were pissed when they announced our Pats as Batman. Wait till people say who to Nick Gage. <laughs> and then some fake-ass son of a bitch will be like, I, I think I've seen some of his stuff. Didn't he do that movie with, with fucking Vin Diesel? And people, because it sounds like a name of somebody you know. No. Yeah, that's that's true. He does. It, Nick Gage sounds like he would be in a Fast and Furious, doesn't it? Well, you know who, uh, you know who knows something about the Fast and Furious franchise? Who? You. Well, I thought somebody else knew about it. I'm sure other people know about the Fast and Furious franchise. I just think it's interesting that the movie that has the least to do with the Fast and Furious franchise is the movie you are an expert in. What, the lighthouse or Hobbs and Shaw? What are we talking Hobbs about? Hobbs and Shaw. We're talking oh, about yeah. Hobbs and Shaw. Well, I just, uh, right now, top two movies of the year for me are Hobbs and Shaw and the lighthouse. So <laughs> I, I've got range, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, 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 you know what? The show has some fucking range. And you know what? We talked at one point about changing our music. I don't think we've mentioned this. The guy who... Uh, scored predetermined now works for fucking Hans Zimmer. And I feel like that means the music will never, ever change because, <laughs> because it's tied to somebody that has a really cool job. Now let just, if you're listening to this podcast, process that for a minute, <laughs> stop what you're doing, <laughs> sit back in your chair, whatever you're in and think about the fact that the person who does the intro music for predetermined to pro wrestling hangout, now works was 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 a quality enough music composer to get a job with Hans Zimmer, <laughs> the Hans Zimmer <laughs> who scored Christopher Nolan's Batman movies. I'm pretty sure he did a lot of Christopher Nolan's work. What else he does all of Chris Nolan stuff? I mean, yeah. if you look up, I I'm not a movie score guy, but I do know the name Hans Zimmer. Uh, God damn it! Now I have to look up Hans Zimmer while we're on here, and that's not what this show is. Well, look it up because I can fill the time because I have some things to say about this. We had um, a conversation off okay. the air last week about our music after we finished recording the podcast, and the consensus between Garrett and myself was 
we have to either keep the music or accept the fact that if we change the music, we've got nowhere to go but down. <laughs> because unless we're hiring fucking Danny Elfman or John Williams, it's it just, I'm sorry. I don't know how you can top it. Garrett, have you figured out what Hans Zimmer has scored besides The Dark Knight um, <laughs> and my, Inception? My computer seems to have frozen here. Here we go. Dunkirk, Interstellar, Gladiator. Let's see. Uh, looks like I like Simpsons. that we're indirectly trying to say that Hans Zimmer scored this this podcast. It's kind of what we're <laughs> alluding to, which is not in the least bit true, but it's kind of true. <laughs> He's working on Space Jam 2 right now. I mean, dude, dude's worked on fucking everything. Has the man scored Kung Fu Panda 3? Yes. Did he do Superman versus Batman? Yeah. Did he do Chappie? Of course he did. Are we going to get in trouble if we just start claiming that Hans Zimmer does, did our music? No, Cowboy Josh made our music. And, you know, that's fucking cowboy shit. That is some cowboy shit. Hit our goddamn music. I was looking for an opening. Thanks for cracking open the claw on schedule. Have you at all on any level gotten sick of the claw yet? It's just water that makes me feel great. So, and I, I, I know since everybody really only hangs out with me once a week and I'm always drinking them, I drink basically no claws throughout the week and save my claw time for this. I don't think anyone would feel disappointed like to find out that you're not pounding claws the entire week. No, I, mean, I want them to know that I'm not pounding claws the entire <laughs> week. It seems like a problem, and it's... <laughs> all, all I'm going to say is that the White Claw entered my way in a very aggressive, aggressive way because I went out to a bar last night by myself to watch some hockey, and while I was putting back Tecates and Tullamore Dew Irish whiskey shots... I looked down into the little fridge behind the bar and I did see a large, large amount of white claw. And um, I'm at this bar. It's called Gracie O'Malley's in Wicker Park. And they have a thing on the menu, Garrett, that says that they will like spice up your claw. So you can get a white claw there. And then for like two extra dollars, they'll put like vodka or they'll put some other liquor in there to make it even stronger. Well, I didn't this is ask a special thing that, on the menu. The... Well, you didn't ask them, but I'm just saying that some like it, claw is enough of a phenomenon where it gets a special section on the menu at a bar now. <laughs> See, I put it in my ice tray and uh, use it for the cubes in anything. <laughs> Do you really? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, is that how you get around saying you drink it every week because you freeze it <laughs> and then you're like, it's not really a drink if you're just using it to chill your beverage. I'm not drinking it if I'm just sucking cubes. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, like, so, you, like, like I've said before, I haven't had a white claw since you left town. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Well, but you have at least once a week done that. 
for months now. I mean, you still like him, I guess? Yeah, I mean, are you sick of beer? Is that how you look at them? It's a drink. It's a beverage. But you're not a beer pounder. Yeah, but I find a beverage I enjoy and stick with it. I've never given up on Sprite. You know, like I... (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever seen me drinking a Sprite? Like, you're still drinking that? You've been drinking that a lot lately, like your whole life. That's like one Sprite. thing you and Jim Cornette definitely have in common is your love for Sprite. Sprite's a good drink. No caffeine, a little sugar. O- obey your thirst, Garrett. <laughs> man, we had a weird fucking week of pro wrestling, my man. We had a weird week of pro wrestling, but is it just a weird week for the, the world of pro wrestling or the in-ring product itself? Who or knows? Both? Who, everything. Who knows? Everything's fucking weird right now, man, and... <laughs> Like Saudi Arabia, basically we, we had our show come out on Halloween and all hell broke loose. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I've ever given less of a fuck about a WWE pay-per-view than I did this last Saudi Arabia show. Like not only did I not watch a single second of it, I forgot that it was going on. And then I opened my social media and saw some stuff and was like, Oh cool. I guess fiend is champion now. Can you imagine how lame that is for Bray Wyatt that, like, he was WWE champion for, like, a cup of coffee a couple of years ago before doing the worst WrestleMania match with Randy Orton ever. And then he gets another title run, but he had to do it on a pay-per-view that nobody watched in the middle of the afternoon in another country. And now, <laughs> the Universal Champion's on SmackDown. <laughs> and and just like just when you thought you had escaped the the nonsense of the fucking wild card rule they decided that you could just be a character that quits your show and shows up on another show what was funny is i tuned into smackdown on uh friday night i actually did watch it live or started to because, you know, the news came out that a bunch of the wrestlers were stuck in Saudi Arabia, and I was just curious to see what they did. Can we talk want... about that here in a minute, too, by the way? Oh, we can start now. We can go the, through this in, in the timeline well, you were you, you were getting ready to talk about SmackDown because you watched it. Yeah. Well, okay. So I tune in because I'm just curious. And the show opens with Brock Lesnar, and my thought was, okay, I guess the second his match was over, he got on a plane and got the fuck out of there. Yeah, that's which, literally what happened. Which, since uh, you know they had a lot of time to fill, they showed me his entire match from Crown Jewel, which was two minutes. And How was it? I, I, it made me realize that they just did a full-on Josh Barnett's blood sport in Saudi Arabia. Like where it was like a shoot, a worked shoot fight. They did a fucking fake MMA fight. Like there was no wrestling moves. <laughs> they just did like fake punches and graps. Did Lesnar F5 him? No, he tapped him in the, with the Kimura lock. Hmm. And then Rey Mysterio came out and hit him with a chair and then he went home. But then he came to SmackDown to let everybody know he quits. And when that opened with Brock Lesnar, I I immediately, I changed the channel when it ended. It basically, it showed him leaving (laughs) and then it showed Triple H and Shawn Michaels like smirking at the camera. And I never even considered like, oh, NXT's here. All I thought was, hmm, and changed the channel. I get a text from you a few minutes later that says, are you still watching? I guess Keith Lee and Matt Riddle are on. (laughs) 
I Mind flipped. you, I was out on a movie date going to see Mermaid Vagina. That's what I was doing. And then I saw NXT shit happening on SmackDown. Well, we should mention Queen of the Ring was at this at this SmackDown, which considering such a shit period for WWE right now where they're getting hit left and right with criticism after criticism and most of it, if not all of it's deserved. They put on one hell of a SmackDown for her. Oh, she probably saw the best SmackDown that they've had in 10 years. I don't remember. I mean, I don't remember the last time (laughs) SmackDown was this much fun to watch. They did an NXT invasion of Friday night SmackDown and we had a friend there front and center for the whole show. It was fun seeing her the whole show. It was fun seeing fucking Choppa fight The Miz. You said that was really weird to watch. It was so weird. It was a guy that I loved in WWE for a long time fighting the very first person I ever saw wrestle in PWG. (laughs) (laughs) So two, two parts of your world were colliding. On Fox television on a Friday night. (laughs) And Um, it was a lot of fun. I mean, they went in and the NXT crew beat the shit out of the WWE guys all night. And it was awesome. We got to get a full on NXT title match between Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan on TV. They just gave that away for free. It was that great. seemed like that was some wild shit, though. Everyone was raving about how good that was. Oh, it was so good. It, when they teased it, though, Daniel Bryan comes out and he wants a match and they tease that Triple H is going to do a match. No joke. I got excited for that. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, they are going to give me something different tonight. Fun. And then they're like, not me, though. And then the camera goes over to Shawn Michaels. I'm like, no shit. You're going to have him wrestle. All right. I guess you really don't have anything to do. And uh, then fucking Adam Cole came out, man. Like, I was so pleased. I don't know the last time I was that pleased watching WWE. You described them using the NXT roster on on the two main shows. I guess they're all technically main shows now, by definition. But you described them calling up NXT to take on Raw and SmackDown. You described it as break glass in case of emergency. Oh, yeah. This was a week of just, they did everything bad. They abandoned their wrestlers in Saudi Arabia, uh, Blood Money, uh, the Jordan Miles t-shirt. What else? I'm definitely missing. 2K20, still still doing (laughs) shit. See, I don't blame them for that. That's fucking awesome. If anything, I thank them for that. That provided me with more entertainment than the game ever would have. (laughs) Look, I know that you're bitter that you can't play a wrestling game in 2019. They're too hard. They're too <laughs> fucking hard, and I just want to play one. Uh, yeah, no, WWE. I think, I don't know if I've ever remembered a time period where they have been getting shit on so consistently and so justifiably. for like, Like, we've had, like, since we've done this show, we've done multiple episodes where the theme of the episode was, guess what we're doing today? We're giving WWE it's spanking and I get 30 minutes to just rant about it. But the funny thing is in the last few weeks, it's been like PR disaster shit. Yeah. It's like, not even been wrestling that sucks. It's just like, Holy fuck. You're doing that as a company. Oh, <laughs> and this is right after they start on Fox. I mean, <laughs> it, I don't know how contracts work, Garrett. Is it possible for Fox to pull the plug on them out of nowhere? I have no idea. All I know is that Fox had to have seen everybody losing their shit for the NXT crew. And Fox has to be wondering why hasn't anyone been this excited any other night? 
Why didn't Fox pick up NXT? <laughs> I think they thought they were getting the good show, the one that The Rock named. I I don't know. I and the thing is, I know that people are excited about you know seeing the NXT guys up on Raw and SmackDown, and I understand it. I think the problem is I've been down this road with them so many times before, where they do this for you know a week or two just to be like, "Hey, look, we've changed," and then as soon as they get you back in, nope, back to the same old shit. I mean, God, did you hear the report about Seth supposedly giving a rah rah speech to the <laughs> locker room? Before Raw? <laughs> Seth Rollins went on Twitter to once again prove that he's the least cool dude with a Twitter account. <laughs> like, do we need to dedicate another portion of an episode to sit here and talk about, like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> like, like he went from, like, a year ago being, like, the Intercontinental Champion and everyone being behind him to now where it's, like, he looks so uncool because he clearly cares what everyone thinks way too much. Once again, it really proves how good of a job Roman Reigns and John Cena did at being the champion and just gracefully taking a lot of verbal abuse. Do you think he gets too much shit or like what's your take? Do you think that it was the beginning of the end for him when he went after Will Ospreay and then smugly declared that he was in the best pro wrestling company in the world? Because was there a segment of the fan base that viewed Rollins as he used to be Tyler Black. He's kind of an indie guy who made it to the top of WWE. And then when he got to WWE, he was like, nah, this is the place to be, dog. Everyone was like, well, that's not what we wanted to hear. Well, yeah, when John Cena and Roman Reigns go out and suck WWE's dick, you're like, well, that's their job. They're the champion. Like, I don't fault John Cena for going out and saying it's the best wrestling on the planet. And I know he doesn't believe that. And when... <laughs> And when Seth Rollins comes out and we're all like, finally, it's somebody different as the belt. It's a guy we like. And then he just, he's, he's going out there saying things like they're fact, like it's good. You can't, you can't say that. It's not. Well, but what's so funny is I feel like, and I don't know if it's because of where they're positioned in the company or on the card, but it's funny because it's that pairing of Seth and Becky on screen did so much damage to Seth. <laughs> and I feel like it didn't do almost any damage whatsoever to Becky. And and what's funny is when they did the interviews after that, it was like Becky understood. She was like, they don't want to hear about us being a couple on screen and being reminded of it every five seconds by Michael Cole. Who the fuck wants to hear that? But I feel like Seth's over there like, come on, guys. You can't shit on us this much. That's not fair. Give us a chance. I don't. I mean, he doesn't have the belt anymore, and I have a feeling that we're not. We haven't seen the last of Rollins being upset at us. I mean, I, all indicators that he's going to turn heel, right? Like he's going to roll with this. He's. <laughs> What's he going to say that's going to get people more angry at him as a heel than when he was a face? Maybe just say the same things. <laughs> Say the exact same things. Just say, I'm tired of fans complaining about WWE online, and you're immediately the biggest heel. <laughs> yeah, but didn't uh, Sami Zayn do that, and we all liked him pretty good? It depends on who you are. And you can tell that Sami's a character, and you can see Tyler Black's real self coming through that character, and he's not taking it well. I want Sami to get the fuck out of there. So bad. 
There's two or three people that I think need to get the fuck out of there who would be massively successful in other companies. <coughs> AEW. <clears throat> um, if they just... like, uh, I think... Because I watched AEW tonight, and I think you and I had the same reaction. Because I watched some of AEW Dark from, you know, from last week, and I saw Sean Spears. And... Am I still supposed to be enamored by Sean Spears? Like, I, I'm not trying to throw shade at AEW already, but I'm already kind of over it. You said it best tonight through text. You said, there's nothing less cool than watching a guy rush out with a chair in the dark and then sit down like he was calmly there the whole time. <laughs> see, I think it would be better if we just kept the lights on. Let's lose the magic and see that guy scamper out there. You want to sit down and behind the that- curtain? I do. I want to see him pull that hood down in front of his face. (laughs) Now, I don't have a problem with Sean Spears. I think he he is a good wrestler. I think I need more of his character. I guess he's the chairman. Uh, Honestly, the one thing tonight, you pointed this out early on. You said they've already announced so many tag matches for tonight. And there was one not tag match (laughs) the entire night. Well, there were two. Because the show, they did Brandon Cutler... Oh, that's right. It did open with Trent versus Pack. They, 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 they opened with Trent versus Pack, and they did Brandon Cutler versus uh, Sean Spears. And But there was something weird when they were showing, here's the matches for tonight. And all of the ones that they highlighted were tag matches. Whether it was, um, first of all, once again, Dark Order, don't get it, but they had a pretty good match with Private Party. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It was a pretty good match. They did the women's tag match with Rio and Shauna against... Um, why am I black blanking on their names? I'm letting you do this when I didn't write any names down this time <laughs> and I'm still getting familiar. Anyway, like they just, I fucking know the one's name. I don't know about the other, but, <laughs> but I can't even think. And of I will tell right you now. the name of neither. I will tell you the name of neither right now. Um, but again, and that was maybe match of the night. Honestly, was the one that was really, match. that was really good. Actually, I take that back. The main event was pretty fucking baller, too. I was pretty excited about Trent versus Pack. It was a good match. I think I'm getting frustrated. I think I feel like I'm getting blue balls by their roster. I don't know if you're feeling the same frustration, but there's people I would love to see on that show wrestling, and I feel like I'm just getting a lot of tag shit. Like, if, and if it's tag stuff that's moving the, the stories forward, like some of that I get, but... I feel like that's all I'm getting is stories moving forward through tag matches. And And, I mean, that's how new Japan does it though. And it works for them. Is it working for AEW? I'm not, I mean, mean, was there any tag match you saw tonight that you felt like you were watching boring wrestling or that you weren't invested in? But I'll, I'll say this. There's tag matches. I watched tonight that I would have rather seen that time occupied by watching a couple singles wrestlers. Like the fact that, I'm at a point now where I want to watch either a Jake Hager wrestle or an Orange Cassidy or a, a Jimmy Havoc or a Joey Janela or name a guy. Like, where's Darby Allen right now? Well, I, I think mean, that's I, why you also have to tune into Dark on Tuesdays so that you can see some of those other people. And well, I, I understand I, I do, that. I do think that Dark has been great for that. Like, you know, you kind of forget how deep their roster is where like this week on Dark, Big Swole and Mercedes Martinez showed up and, you know, you got to see them at all out or all out. But, you know, 
you hadn't really seen or heard from them since to sort of see them pop up again just made me really excited. So let me push back on that a little bit. Why not throw one of these tag matches on AEW Dark? I mean, they do have tag matches on AEW Dark. Well, right, but they had three on the fucking main show tonight. Well, based off of what I saw last week on AEW Dark, it seemed like they had to throw in some comedy matches on AEW Dark so that JR wouldn't see them and somebody else could run commentary. <laughs> Does he have something in his contract where he's just like, I'm not, I'm not doing that shit. I'm not going to do commentary for Orange, Co- Orange Cassidy's kicks. I can't handle it. He's like, I will not go out there and I will not do commentary when Michael Nakazawa slides out of Sean Spears' arms. <laughs> <laughs> I, again i'm not trying to rip an aew but i've been you've you've heard the same criticism out of me for two or three shows now where i've said god fucking a lot of tag matches and it and that's something i associate with wwe i guess is their way of like we're gonna work everybody on our roster onto the show i'm not asking that they do that and I'm also not asking for them to have these same people on the show every week. It's one of the things that actually makes it special when a guy shows up. I don't mind guys taking a week off, but I feel like this would be a really good time to for MJF to wrestle so people could get to know him as a wrestler, as not just the character. And That's true. We really haven't seen him wrestle much, have we? No. There's there's plenty. Of, like We haven't seen Jake Hager wrestle yet. I did like his bit tonight when they were showing Jericho's promo and every time it, one. every time it cut to Hager, he wasn't talking. That's his oh thing. My, Derek. So remember when we were like, where the fuck was he last week? And it turned out he really did have a Bellator fight. That's what I said, isn't it? Wasn't yes, that you, my guess? <laughs> and I believe I said, what, who the fuck's having a fight on a Wednesday? Well, I don't think it was, I don't know if it was actually on Wednesday, but I watched the fight on YouTube Holy shit, Derek. This was a hilarious fight. First what of all. Happened? And why are you watching Bellator? Because it popped up on YouTube. And you were like, this is worth my, I'm into MMA now. Well, no, my thought was it's Jake Hager and I haven't seen him wrestle here yet. So I got to see what he missed the show for. <laughs> so outside of hit the cage, no joke. His entire ring crew was wearing inner circle shirts. Right. And outside the cage was Sammy Guevara and LAX. And they were cheering him on, and it looked so weird. And you know the other guy had to be like, this is fucking weird for me. I'm trying to fight here, and you've got this going on. So the match it is Jake Hager versus a guy who looked a little less in, in shape than Jake Hager. Jake Hager, at one point in this, need this guy in the balls, and he fell down. And the referee decided, hey, that was an accident. No harm, no foul. Don't do it again. Later, a few minutes into this match, Jake Hager knees this guy in the dick so fucking hard that they had to stop the match. And Jake Hager looked disappointed. Like, the match is over now. It's like, so well, yeah, he you hit him, him there twice? He kneed him in the balls twice on accident. It was determined it was an accident. But after the second time, they had to stop it because he fucking wailed on that guy's dick with his knee. <laughs> And he had a look on his face like he was disappointed in the other guy. I'm like, you just hit him in the balls. Also, I don't know what this says about you. I have no idea. I'm not that big into MMA. Is this good? Is this what Tony you do? Tony Khan probably whispered to him. He's like, dude, you know how cool this would look if you knocked this guy the fuck out? Like, He's this like, would make I'm... AEW look legit. And then he goes out there and knees him in the balls twice, which would be a disqualification in professional wrestling. So the match just gets stopped, and it looks a little less cool. So it was a blown <laughs> opportunity. 
It is so weird when a match just ends because the guy won't stop hitting the other guy's dick. And they're like, no, you can't hit this guy in the dick. I don't care if it's an accident. Quit it. But he didn't lose, technically, right? Um, I think it was a no contest, so it had a WWE finish. Yeah. <laughs> That's a damn good joke, Garrett. You should be proud of that. Thank you. Uh-huh. But no, it was it was hilarious to watch that. I'd never seen like I was kind of excited to see how he was as a fighter. And when it ends in a very heelish way, it's like, what is this? I didn't think MMA ended like this. Wouldn't you say going back to what I was talking about, wouldn't you say, though, you're, you're itching to see some like I guess it was an interesting choice to have a show like they did tonight where they have a fuckload of tag matches. But then one of their singles matches is a they pulled a guy from a tag team to be in a singles match. That did make me happy, though, that they recognized that Trent is very good. Trent may be very good, but if he's going to be a tag team wrestler, isn't that a spot you can put another singles guy in? Hmm. Aren't you itching to see an Orange Cassidy match at this point? Just to know what that how that's going to work? You know they're holding out. They are holding out. They're going to give us a... When is that going to happen, and what will it even be like? Who's it against? Fuck, I don't know. Moxley. Hardcore match. No, I don't know. I I don't have a problem with the singles matches being on the pay-per-views. This to me, this once again, it's just it. It's the way New Japan builds, where you can have multiple guys and you can get multiple stories going at the same time in a tag match. I get, uh, it makes me feel like I like. I don't know. I, I want to have a reason to tune in, and part of the reason I tune in is is for that particular show, and some I don't know. I don't it's know. It's still Garrett. very early, Derek. It's still very early. I, we're gonna give them some time. I'm giving them all the time that they need. I'm just letting you know. This is it's been noted. As a go home to full gear, though, how did you think it was like? Did you, I thought that ending was really hot? Like everybody piling on, and also so, fucking credit to Cody. We got to get to that later. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought the show was kind of just the mid, the middle mediocre part of the show was whatever. I thought po- uh, Pony, I thought Cody's promo was one of the best promos I've seen in years. He's so good. He is so good. When are we going to start giving out acting awards to wrestlers? He gets one. He definitely gets one. And I think people, and I, I wasn't kidding, people need to take notes. And how do you feel about the stipulation being added to his match with Jericho that if he loses he doesn't get a shot at the championship as long as he's an AEW. I would I mean, be very, very shocked if he loses. If Cody loses? can you, I can't picture him never getting a title shot again. Here's what I think. I think Cody's totally going to lose. It's pro wrestling. That whole stipulation, they can fix down the line. No, they can't. What? Yes, <laughs> yes, they can. But he said... But he said that it could, he wouldn't. Yeah, well. <laughs> how, many guys, how many guys have been retired in a match in pro wrestling and then back a few months later? It happens. And I, honestly, I love the stipulation. I love that it adds a whole other level of drama to it. It makes you feel like Cody has to win this, which is what they wanted. That's what they were going for. It's not just that Cody wants to be champion. Now he has to be champion. Otherwise, 
There's no point in him hanging around as as a wrestler anymore. And I think him failing to win the championship, if it happens the way I see it happening, will be a very dramatic moment because I'm still sticking to my guns that somebody's going to fucking cost him that match. Think it'll be Hangman? Do you think they'll tease that it's MJF, but it'll be Hangman? I think either one of those makes sense. Or they could start their own thing. I mean, I, I, when if you think of things out of order, sometimes you can, like, there's a lot of possibilities that pop up. Like, obviously, when you start thinking about the way they're going to put the card together for full gear, uh, Kenny Omega and Moxley's closing that show, right? See, that's what I assume, but the way they've been building this show up and talking about it, it almost seems like there's a lights-out match in the middle of the pay-per-view. Well, who knows? I because did love when Jer- or when uh, Omega said to him, quit acting like you're disappointed. This is a hardcore match. What were you going to do? Go out there and chain wrestle me? Oh, the, the shit between them has been great. And I feel like it's not getting enough credit because it was supposed to happen at All Out. And then it didn't, but they've done a really good job of building this back up using that time off. And the the tension between them has been great. Like, keep in mind, this has been building. When did you go to fucking double or nothing? When Um, was that? Was that was over the the summer, summer? right? Yeah. That's, I mean, this match between Kenny and, and Moxley has been building since then. Good Lord. Holy shit. You're right. Yeah. That was the closing of the pay-per-view. Yes. So this has been in the works for a long time, and this is a big pay-per-view coming up. But like I was sitting there thinking tonight, like of all the possibilities, like as soon as that as soon as that stipulation got announced for the Cody Jericho match, I was like, this is perfect because it's gonna make his loss to Jericho that much more devastating. And there's so much incentive for somebody on that roster. I mean, th- I mean, think about it. Not even just for Jericho. For from a pro wrestling storyline perspective to have a guy on the roster who can't be champion does a lot of reason for hangman to cost his fellow elite man <laughs> that that opportunity there's a lot of reason for M- I mean think of the heat MJF would get at Ooh, this point this is what they saved that up for <laughs> that would be good cuz Co- I mean like just obey the storyline for a while if Cody can't ever be AEW champion I mean, what was that promo they did a week or two ago where they even interviewed MJF for it? And he said, you know, Cody feels like he had like MJF knows how important being champion is to Cody. He said it in the fucking video and to have him know that and then be the one to take that away from him forever. But and this is important and I'm throwing this out there. I don't know how the card's going to shake out. What if it's Kenny? Oh, we get heel Kenny back. They asked in like the, the being the elite episode a few back. They wanted the cleaner to come back. Well, he's back. He's got his broom. He's got his broom. <laughs> but him going back to being a fucking. A fucking jerk. I like it. That's there's a lot of options. They're doing a lot right right now. I'm enjoying it. And one thing we need to mention, the commentary team for AEW Dark this last week. Yeah, I I, I think... (laughs) I thought MJF was fucking spectacular. That made Him having to begrudgingly give people compliments. 
And what would be funny is there were times that he would be trying to do genuine commentary and Excalibur would have to step in and be like, you're just doing commentary right now. That's not, you don't mean what you said. Like he said at one point, he's like, speaking as a wrestler, there's nothing that hurts more than a really good chop. And Excalibur's like, also speaking as a former wrestler, that's not true. There's a lot that hurts a lot worse than a chop. <laughs> I, but you know, it's funny when I was listening to him do commentary. Um, I think he has a future in that. Oh, for like, sure. Is that, is that was that weird of me to come to that conclusion this early in his career? Like, I don't know if he had ever done it before, but if this was a test to put him out there and see how it goes, he had yes, he could be the best heel commentator ever with a little work. Absolutely. That was the first thing. I know that we're talking about AEW Dark. Going back to tonight's AEW, you had to have a big smile on your face at that fucking reaction that Joey Janela got coming out and attacking Sean Spears because yes. that crowd immediately went fucking ape shit for Joey Janela. I you saying that right now no joke just gave me goosebumps. Like just thinking back to him getting that pop. Honestly, seeing anyone come through that curtain and get the pops they've been getting on AEW makes me so so happy that it just shows that there's there's more of us out there. We know who these guys are. It turns out, you know, we weren't all just in bingo halls. There's a lot more of us. Do you feel like you have something to prove with the success of AEW? Do you feel like that, like something about like, I don't know how to put it. Do you feel like as much as you've built these guys up, do you feel like a part of your reputation is on the line with the success or failure of this company? (laughs) That's honestly, I had been building these guys up for so many years to friends that don't watch wrestling if they end up on, you know, they're on actual television now, uh, playing arenas. And, you know, part of it does feel like, see, I wasn't wrong. They are talented. They made it. <laughs> <laughs> I just know that, you know, however many months ago we, we did a an episode where we took time to try to cheer up Joey Janela because we had heard he was going through a rough time. And he was convinced that, you know, months into AEW, that he was just going to be the jobber. And I don't see that, especially after tonight. I don't, I think that there's actually a good segment of that fan base that's invested in his future and him being successful. And his match with Kenny, where he went toe to toe with Kenny last week, was that last week? Yeah, they had was two it? of those matches. And I guess it was honest two to weeks God, ago, yeah. he took maybe the best V trigger of all time. Yeah. <laughs> When he just passed out and was draped over the ropes. <coughs> I, I'm just, it's exciting to see these different personalities having success in their own ways. And I, and like, I think that's part of the reason I'm so anxious to see some of these other singles wrestlers get going is I want to see the crowd react. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm ready to see. I, I'm just, I'm so ready for more AEW every week. I'm excited for the show. Well, you know what I'm very excited about? What's that? A week from today, they're in Nashville. Yeah, that's true. I, when I was listening to the show tonight, they mentioned that they're going to be in Nashville next week. And then I thought, oh, shit. How are we going to record that week? Yeah, my guess is we're either going to record a little late or we might just have to release the episode a little later in the evening on Thursday night so that you, can I, you and I can record you know, later in the day. 
well, that's probably what we'll end up doing because I definitely want to make sure you get your reactions from the show because that's going to be the focal point of the what. Because again, that's you've been to some AEW shows already, Garrett, but they've all been pay per views. This is your first live on TNT AEW event, so. And- I'm very curious to see how they pack this place out because the last time I went to a Ring of Honor show at this venue, not a lot of people there. But the time before that, like the height of the elite in Ring of Honor, that place was packed. And I'm hoping that we can get it, you know, that building that full again. I'm sure it will. Are you looking forward to how good are your seats for that one? I'm second row, so you should see me on TV. Oh my God. Are you on? Oh, you're going to be front and center. Um, I'm not front and I should be, I think on the ramp side. So I'll be like second row ramp side on the right. Well, we'll definitely be looking for you, Garrett. Speaking of another live show, you and I need to discuss this. So before we recorded last week, you and I discussed possibly not going to survivor series anymore. Correct. And I was a hundred percent ready to sell those things. And then Friday night SmackDown happened (laughs) and they had to break the glass in case of emergency. And yes, Derek, I know they had a great Friday night SmackDown. I know that when we go to this, I'm going to watch Roman Reigns probably kill Matt Riddle. But I kind of think if I were to ever give WWE one final pay-per-view live pay-per-view chance for me to go to, this might be the one worth going to. It is the most different Survivor Series to happen yet. And because you're going to get to see Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio for the WWE Championship? <laughs> he, on Monday night, Rey Mysterio runs out with what looks like a fucking wiffle ball bat and starts yeah. whacking Brock Lesnar in the <laughs> knees. And the commentators didn't even know what to say. They're like, he's got, he's is got a something. Or a lead pipe? <laughs> And later they kept saying lead pipe. I'm like, I have no idea what that is, but it definitely doesn't look like it hurts very much. It sounded like a wiffle ball bat. (laughs) I can confirm that that's at least what it sounded like. I don't know what the fuck it was. But going back to Survivor Series, I'm I'm still super skeptical on WWE. And it wasn't like we hadn't... I had mentioned to you months ago that I could see them incorporating NXT into the Survivor Series, like, show. It sounds to me, or at least it appears to be, that they incorporated NXT not because this was the plan all along, but because they had to. Yes. And that's what has me interested. But don't... It feels kind of (laughs) hollow. Like, it just feels like... If there's not any long-term... I mean, again, this has nothing to do with you not selling tickets or or whatever. It's just like, are you genuinely excited or are you just like, I'm giving you one more chance? This is... I kind of know where it's headed. But you and I both enjoy a good triple threat match. This seems like it's going to be an entire evening of triple threat matches. Or so far. And some of the matches they've announced sound like they'd be pretty damn fun. Well, but we got also Shayna Baszler versus Becky, Becky Lynch versus, versus Bailey. Bailey. Yeah. We have the Revival versus War Machine versus uh, Undisputed Era. We got AJ Styles versus Roderick Strong versus Nakamura. Really? I don't they're, think I knew that one. They're do they're going to do a triple threat match with all the mid tier titles. But these are all non title matches. 
Well, yeah. <laughs> They're just for pride. Yeah. You don't Except win all for the Rey belts. Mysterio versus Brock Lesnar. That's for the WWE Championship, and don't and you forget it. That's going to be good, and me and you have never seen Brock together. Is that true? I don't think. When would we have seen him together? <laughs> well, we went to Money in the Bank last summer, so. Was, was he there then? Was he? No. No. I don't, I don't think I don't, so. No, 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 no. But the other thing is, if I were going to drive up, which I am now, I'm, I'm driving. It's way too fucking expensive to fly now. So I'm going to make this eight-hour drive. The night before, I get to see Candice LeRae in a War Games match. At the very least, that's what I'm driving up for. Well, we're going we're gonna to give it the old college try, Garrett. We're going we're gonna to go enjoy the WWE. Maybe Can for the last time. Not like the last time ever watching it, but honestly, Garrett, this could be my... possibly the last time ever. We got to make this real clickbaity. Yeah. <laughs> this may be the last time predetermined a pro wrestling podcast ever talks about WWE. It may come to an end at Survivor Series. See this promo I'm cutting? Uh, I'm impressed. Also, we have, honestly, we have pretty good seats to Survivor Series, so it, it could be fun. I think we'll have fun regardless. But honestly, I just want to come up and hang out with you and watch wrestling. So that's partially why I don't want to cancel this. But also, it's an NXT Survivor Series. That's new and different. If they all end up getting squashed and we're sad, all I'll have to do is drive home eight hours sad and be like, yep, that went the way I thought it would go. <laughs> what did I learn? What did I learn? Oh, Apparently but if it does nothing. make you feel better, Garrett, I was walking down uh, the street today after getting lunch and I saw a poster hanging up in one of the bars near my neighborhood, North Bar. And guess who's going to be performing stand-up after Survivor Series, Survivor Series weekend? God damn it. Um, Dolph Ziggler. Yes, sir. Right down the street from my apartment. So do we, we hustle go... back to and go see Dolph do stand-up? I, I don't hustle to see Dolph go do wrestling. So <laughs> I'll leave that up to you. Interpret that how you will. Well, all right. Well, we'll see what happens. Are we going to comment at all about Vince McMahon leaving his roster in Saudi Arabia? Yeah, that seems and, not cool. I've definitely how, worked for some people I thought would do that to me. You know how they have that WWE podcast network thing and Corey Graves got his own show. I guess he was already off. I'm going to get so much shit from certain people for saying this. Not that I'll ever give a shit, but... Um, he was already on spin control saying that this, this is what Vince does all the time. It's nothing, it's nothing out of the ordinary as soon as the show's over for Vince to get on his jet and leave because he's busy, he's running WWE, he's got to get the fuck out of town. And I think he was trying to make it seem like, well, this is normal. He didn't do anything weird. Like, there are people that are important. Brock Lesnar and Hulk Hogan and, and, and Tyson Fury and all, like, all those guys had every reason to get in their jets and leave, including Vince McMahon. And I think he thought he was going to make Vince look better by saying this happens every time they do a show. But in my opinion, it made it look worse because it was like, if there was ever a scenario to, for him to not do that, maybe into the scenario where all of these horrible things and all these rumors that people were spreading, those were possibilities that could have happened. <laughs> maybe they didn't. Corey Graves like this happens all the time. One of the the tours for the troops, we accidentally left Hornswoggle in the Middle East for six months, <laughs> and you're just like, oh, I'm glad that's coming out now. 
I just I thought it was fa- like again it it was not we were listing all the PR disasters and all that shit and it's just like god damn man like <laughs> what if something had happened that's why it truly felt like a you know break the glass in case of emergency get Adam Cole out there we gotta make Garrett smile make him smile. <laughs> But it's and funny. I, did you see all the like the social media posts from the wrestler, wrestlers saying that they were just lazy and didn't want it? Like they were condescendingly giving responses that they felt like the company would give to them for this for this issue. Oh well, that was because they made that post saying that like some of the wrestlers that were really dedicated to getting back chartered their own plane, right? And what was it? Most of them were tweeting out hashtag not top twenty. <laughs> Like, yeah, how come that's not being talked about more? Like, we're basically the wrestlers were acknowledging. Yeah, this is what this is what he means when he says you don't want the brass ring enough. Is that you're not chartering your own flight with your own money that I give you. And then they up their contract for, for the Saudi Arabia thing even longer. See, I thought that if anyone really gave a shit. I think if Roman Reigns gave a shit, he would have showed up on NXT tonight and fought the entire fucking roster on his own. And he didn't. Maybe Roman likes the NXT guys and doesn't like everybody else. I want to see a match between Roman Reigns and anyone on NXT right now. Anyone? No. Keith Lee? Keith Lee, specifically. See, I was worried you were going to be like Kona Reeves. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I would love to see Roman Reigns. If I get, I guess, are they going to do a traditional Survivor Series match with NXT guys? It kind of seems like that, right? It was weird because on Friday, they kind of worded it as if Raw and SmackDown were teamed up against NXT, but that was quickly squashed on Monday when it just seems like it's going to be, are we really going to get a triple threat Survivor Series match? That was my idea. They're stealing my idea from months ago, Garrett. That sounds awesome, though. It does sound awesome. See, now I'm excited for Survivor Series. Good job. You sold me on it. Maybe the last WWE event we ever attend. Would you have ever thought, though, that the last WWE event you would ever attend is a Survivor Series where Keith Lee and Matt Riddle are in Survivor Series? Nope. Me This is not how I see this playing out. I'm wondering who they do pick, and would they have a women's Survivor Series match as well? We'll just have to wait and see, man. We still have a couple more weeks. Also, what the fuck are they doing? Are they building up war games to be a regular pay-per-view, but then they're also fighting the next night? Like, does Shayna have a match at war games? I thought so. That's weird, right? They're wrestling twice that weekend. But I guess technically those other people have to wrestle on Friday and and Monday, so. Holy shit, you're right. Are (laughs) Are they doing SmackDown in Chicago, too? Yeah. They're so doing, they're spending the whole week in there. They're spending Friday through Mon- for, through Monday. That's too much. Well, you tell them that. Dolph Ziggler's go- <laughs> putting in overtime here in my neighborhood. <laughs> That's some me time for Dolphy. That's some ignore time for Derek. <laughs> That's uh, about the time Dolph goes on is probably about the time you and I record a podcast about Survivor Series. Probably so. Well, Derek... We're nearing the end of this show. Yeah. I saw, I saw Terminator Dark Fate. I saw that you liked it. It was wonderful. 
I would have never expected that. I haven't been invested in a Terminator movie in years. I went to see this just as something to do. They set up right from the beginning that it's going to be different than the others. And it was in a very good way. Uh, it is probably, you know, other than T2, best sequel now. That wasn't hard to do, but I'm just saying. I was say, fair enough. It's making zero dollars, so there probably won't be another Terminator forever. But if you have ever been a fan of the Terminator franchise, this is kind of the movie you've been waiting for. Was this they the did first right. movie Linda Hamilton has done in a long time? Yes. What, since Dante's Peak, maybe? I don't remember. Yeah, that was like <laughs> the late 90s. Wow. Were you a Dante's Peak boy or a Volcano boy? I saw... Here's the thing. I owned the Dante's Peak VHS and watched it a lot, but I saw Volcano in theaters. I saw Volcano in theaters and rented Dante's Peak. Yeah. I was, I was more of a fan of Volcano. You didn't own either of them, though. I No, I've never owned a Peak or a Volcano. Well, Dante's Peak was more scientifically accurate. See, this is how we're ending a pro wrestling show is debating <laughs> which volcano movie from the late 90s was, was better. I think the volcano was more relatable. If you want to, you can reach out to us on social <laughs> media on at WrestleHangout on Twitter, at Predetermined Podcast on Instagram, and at WrestleHangout on Facebook. Um, you can also reach out to us at Halloween Halpin. That's me. And he's at Gartet. And you can let us know which volcano movie from the late 90s was your favorite. You can also let us know, you know, what you like about the show by uh, hopping on iTunes and giving us five stars, leaving a sweet review. And if you do that, just let us know uh, something you want us to check out, Pro Wrestling World, and we'll do that, and we'll talk about it on the show. We promise. Also, we we pled with you last week. Tell your friends about us, especially if you're an international listener. Share this podcast with your friends because we really want to blow up in Sweden. We actually do get downloads in Sweden, Derek. <laughs> well, let's blow up there. That's we not enough. need more. There's never enough Sweden. Never enough. How did you find us? I appreciate that you did. I don't know how you found us. You're listening to us right now, and I love you for it. Thank you so much feedback predetermined podcast at gmail.com give us the feedback give us the fan fiction garrett get us the hell out of here listen if you have something to say about the lighthouse hit us up on twitter i'm ready to talk about it derek saw the mermaid vagina i saw the mermaid vagina uh, <laughs> i i just you know i like this movie it's two people going crazy in a lighthouse and yelling at each other at one point rob pattinson says he'd love to fuck a steak I think it's relatable. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> Next week, uh, we'll probably the show will come out a little bit later because I will be attending AEW. But uh, yeah, I'm ready to talk full gear and do all the things. Hit our goddamn music, man. Mm-hmm.